I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna talk about it on the pod too, because how can I not? Right. Well, <laughs> yeah. Our our thing when we were younger was like all of the stuff that was going on. <laughs> we were wondering if there was going to be another draft or not. I was like, oh, oh sure. man, there's no way there's going to be something like that that'll, that'll affect me on like that level. <laughs> then <laughs> you know, and well, that was, I mean, that was before freaking nine eleven too. Commercial yeah, flying I, changed forever. Well, yeah, nine uh, eleven. I was I was twenty one, and I remember thinking about the draft because I had actually just signed my draft card. Like, <laughs> I thought I was going to get away with it, and then like every job I applied for was like you haven't signed your uh, draft card yet. Uh, maybe you should. Uh... And I was like, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> so uh, it's like those Donald duck uh, war bonds, Disney yeah. cartoons. Yeah. Uh, so, so I, but then like I signed my draft card and then like three months later, like nine 11 happens. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, uh, was Josh ever worried about any of that? Uh, I don't know. My health, my uh, my bad health always. Uh, I was pretty sure I'd I'd be able to <laughs> to uh, get out of that if it came to it. Oh, you don't need good health to hold a howitzer. I got a hall pass. I can't go. <laughs> Ma- Ma- Mom says I'm on my period. I can't go to gym. <laughs> This was, you know, it would have been when we were younger or I just, you know, threatened to kiss the fucking uh, the induction guy. No, that's true. It's funny that you we we talk about this. Zach's been rewatching MASH and like I would probably be Klinger, like if we're if we're being serious. Some yeah. somewhere between Klinger and Radar, I think, is where yeah. I would land. <laughs> You'd want to be Klinger, but you would be Radar. I mean that's that's where it would I don't you, there wouldn't be anywhere in the middle, man. Radar is the one that's pulling the strings and running the show. I mean, he's not pulling the strings like sure. he's being pulled, but <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's the, I think that's the ultimate, uh, the ultimate lesson of mash after all was said and done is that, uh, you know, even the string pullers pulls strings pulled. Right. <laughs> so speaking of exactly. Did that, I say that right? <laughs> I think I said that right too. Yeah. <laughs> that's how every that's how every like little story and anthology and chronicle bit especially in heavy metal and metal hurlids is like every yeah. single every single one of these is monkey's paw <laughs> but it's it's great too yeah and some of them aren't like as dour but uh like the the twilight zone one is obvious I was watching this one with Haley and we were sure. talking about uh black mirror too. Yeah. But it's like every, if you're well, doing let's, it in let's, chunks. Let's hold off until we're actually in the show before we do any of that stuff. Josh, do you want to introduce us? Ugh, do I have to? No. <laughs> Hello listener. Welcome to further ado, a show where we talk. He sounds less and less excited with every subsequent further ado, you know? <laughs> further ado is like is like beat poetry, man. It's all about emotions. That's true. Yeah. Get get real. Further ado is the substitute die. <laughs> <laughs> We're phoning it in. I think it's beat uh, poetry. 
<laughs> Further Ado is absolutely like a black turtleneck. <laughs> I'm Josh, and also there's Aura and Cody. Those are also people. Uh, everything, uh, everything all right, Josh? Did yeah, you want to talk? Fine. What? Everything's fine. I'm sorry I yelled at you because my laptop broke. <laughs> I'm not okay. I mean, you didn't I was, really yell I was, at me. I'm fine. Well, I was upset at my laptop, not at you and not at Elizabeth, who I also yeah. yelled at. You didn't really yell at me. You might uh, well, at my wife, I wasn't there. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I was a little upset, but hey, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I went ahead and went against my own advice and I stuck a metal bid in there and it brought out a metal bid and seems to be working now. So whatever. Yeah. Uh, I probably... <laughs> I don't, I don't know much about how electricity works, but it was probably the safety part of it that I pulled out. So, Doctor Man, make bucks yeah. go. So. I mean, I don't. <laughs> I'm not sure that it holds a, a charge unless the entire, the entire cord bit is in there. Like, I mean, it should be. You know, to make sure it doesn't accidentally shoot sparks if like a bit of dust gets in there. It does. Uh, it yeah. claims that, that it's charging. Me. So. I shoot sparks if I get a bit of dust in me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I, just, I do. I understand that reference. That's uh, Cody's going to be on season three of The Masked Singer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's he shows up in dude, that face. Is oh, it, no, he's back. <laughs> the, the Masked Singer is just perpetuating this, this fursuit nation. Everybody everybody wants these full body suits. Oh my god. Did you guys see the meme that was going around that uh, it had a picture of a furry and said if they can fuck in this, you can wear a mask? <laughs> I did see that. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I, I just wanted to say something awful, which is currently having a, a management overturn because Lotax turned out to be a bad person, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, actually had a, a, an article on their front page apologizing to furries. <laughs> fast comments and I'm like that's fucking that's the end of the fucking world right there <laughs> we had a pretty good run at furries at the store the other day oh. Cody was working on a transaction and uh, we we were mentioning secret furries in the store were we? yeah what were we talking about? it was me you and Max that, that was that was the that was the, the thrust of it, so to speak. <laughs> That's the future that liberals want. Yeah. Who knows? Just fursuits all the way down. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Zootopia and Black Sad. It's it's so funny. Black like, Sad. It was Black yeah, Sad. I was the video, Black Sad, the video game. Do you remember now? Yes. Yes. We were talking about this. I thought yeah. I thought you were talking about like a, a customer. We're talking about me being the hypothetical furry in that <laughs> circumstance. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Everybody has some bit of media that they like are like I like that one, but it's yeah. like whatever. It's still technically furries. If you're like, oh, I really like the Red Wall books. It's like, sorry, you like us. If you like, no, I I really stuff. like Thundercats, but not you know. <laughs> you that's that's a not. huge one. You're into you're into. Chitara, man, like yeah, I was gonna say, you're gonna tell me that like junior high aura didn't pull one out to Chitara. 
I'm not going to tell you one way or the other on any of that, but uh, I, I, I think, uh, I think right now Josh also admitted to it. So, like, what are you talking about? Uh, yeah, what's your love and Thundercats in an unholy way? Yeah, but what was your thing? Was it Secret of Nim? Watership Me down, Josh. I, don't I mean, know. Fern Wid- Gully? Like what? You know, like Widget? Is it Rescuers? <laughs> Uh, the I was crazy about that was furry, and I can't can't really do it. Bible. Oh, was it a bug's life? Ants with a Z. You a Bible man? Oh. Man of mystery. Yeah, I'm the what? last non-furry in a world of furverts. <laughs> <laughs> what What about Cats, the original musical? Boom! There it is. Got it. God him. no. <laughs> At least the butthole cut already, am I right? <laughs> Please. <laughs> oh man. Whew. Yeah. So, so yeah, further ado is the show where we <laughs> talk about some media. Where, well, I didn't properly introduce it. You were just giving I know me you didn't. I'm it. sorry. You're right. Hey, You're right. You know what? Suck a dick. No, I mean it's the show where we uh we, we watch some media related to some of the comics that we talked about a couple weeks ago. Uh so, and we're part of some kind of network. So, what, what kind of network is that, Aura? <laughs> that podcast productions at fireside.fm. That's correct. Hey, Cody, what are we doing this week? Med- spoilers and swears. <laughs> we are spoiling and swearing for Metal Hurlon, or if you're American, Metal Hurlant. Metal Hurlant Chronicles, specifically. Uh, I think it's Metal Hurlon. The, the the key to pr- the key to doing fake French is to just not pronounce the last letter or two. Oh yeah, call it metal herlon. It is I. We metal herlon. Oh, this is probably <laughs> racist. Metal herlon, we. I made a French joke to to one of our coworkers one time based on something a frog said in an animated movie. And they were like, what are you talking about? And I was like, I don't know. I thought like French people ate really long dinners or something like that. And they're like, I've never heard that before. <laughs> you, it's like, it's like, you shouldn't oh. call French people frogs, Cody. That's, really <laughs> a, That's a racial slur. An ethnic slur, I guess, properly. Eth- ethnic, yeah. <laughs> Remember that time Jessica uh, contest winner Jessica threw us to the furries, Josh? It's it's seared in my mind. Yeah. Yeah, we should we should never let her forget that publicly on this podcast. Every opportunity we get, by the way. Never trust a trash panda. That's right. <laughs> uh, yes, Metal Hurlant. We watched. Yeah, I don't even. I don't, know, I don't even know where to start talking about this. The first episode, maybe. Yeah, so many because we did. I think viewer mail from listener Christina indicated that maybe we didn't define what heavy metal was super That's great on the episode. So maybe let's let's recap what metal herlant is and what uh what what heavy metal is. Okay, so it, to to prepare the listener right now, it is a little complicated, but not a lot complicated. You just kind of have to follow the narrative a little bit. So. It, it should be fine. You have a PhD, for Christ's sake. Me? 
No, the oh, the snooker the listener. It was, oh. it was the <laughs> that we're talking to. Oh, okay. I was, I was. I was like, I was like, my my PhD doesn't make things less complicated. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have, you have a made up PhD. She has a real one. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> same school though, same degree, baby. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true. You can both make people call you doctor. Um, <laughs> so, metal herlunt or metal herlon or however you want to pronounce it was a magazine from the late 60s or early 70s. I'm not going to look it up again. Uh, in <laughs> France, basically, there were a bunch of comics people there that wanted to do science fiction comics uh, and didn't think that there were a whole lot of outlets for it in the, uh, in the conventional comics industry. So they made their own anthology comic. Uh, it ran for like about a decade and then it folded. Uh, over in America, the publishers of National Lampoon, uh, which is a humor magazine that came out of, is that Harvard? Harvard. Good yeah. job, Harvard. Josh. Yeah. Uh, but it but eventually had become its own. Like there was the Harvard Lampoon, and then the people from it who graduated decided they wanted to continue being frat boys into adulthood and started the National Lampoon magazine. Uh, which was also the source of the National Lampoon uh, summer vacation movies, National Lampoon's vacation movies, the uh, Christmas vacation, yeah, uh, and any other movie that says National Lampoon. That's where it came from. Was the media people that came Shitter's out of that. full, Cody? <laughs> oh, honey, somehow, I our shitters. <laughs> somehow Van Wilder, Harvard, and then somehow Van Wilder. <laughs> yeah, uh, and in between Van Wilder, Rise of Taj. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly talking about crazy. European vacation. <laughs> so somewhere in between, uh, they decided to import translated versions of these stories in a magazine called Heavy Metal. Uh, this was kind of popular among American stoners in the seventies. <laughs> Uh, and it was part of the same wave. We mentioned Tolkien, and I think that was maybe <laughs> a source of confusion. Uh, a lot of hippies and stoners and metal people really got into Tolkien, and that was a part of what made Tolkien uh, Tolkien's works very popular in America. So if, so if you smoked a lot of pot in the late 70s and early 80s, and, and Cody might not be familiar with this 100%, uh, we'll see this in an upcoming Up All Night movie. If you if you were if you were involved in pot pretty much in the late seventies and early eighties, you'd have you'd have a van and you would have like painted on the side of it, you know the the um, the metal woman for uh, the Valkyrie, right? <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, you are. Yeah. Are you are you asking if I'm familiar with van paintings? <laughs> no, 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 no. But in the nineteen seventies and nineteen eighties, this is the way you told the dealer in that town yeah. is like, just look for the Val Valkyrie painting on the side of the van. <laughs> That's your guy. <laughs> but yeah. but I don't know how certain... any any jail cell sat, sat empty back then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there will certainly be an up all night movie. At least one of them I know of, but possibly two that that have this trope in it. <laughs> I'm guessing there are a few. Yeah. There's a, 
there's tons. I mean, never mind. I'm about to derail on like random <laughs> Stoder movie stuff for, that I'm sure is the Kiss movie. <laughs> is the uh, Detroit Rock City? Is that an Up All Night movie? No, that was too late. Sadly. Damn. I thought you were going to talk about Kiss meets Phantom of the, the Phantom of the Park. Oh. <laughs> oh no. I guess Scooby Doo guess would be. Uh... <laughs> I was just uh, thinking about like the the extent of my range that I have like real full knowledge in as far as like 90s stuff goes is to like Mission Hill and Sam and Max like that <laughs> is honestly still technically like before my time but so much of that existed in easily accessible like cheap media from garage sales and everything else yeah Calvin at full encyclopedic knowledge of Calvin and Hobbes <laughs> Well, so the so the 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 Venn diagram meets at that at that place, and <laughs> where you have like the fantasy nerds and the and the stoner nerds, and that yeah, that's what yeah. you're trying to say, I think, right, Josh? Yeah, it was it was all these people that were getting stoned and wanted stuff that was like mind blowing, man. Like my man. parents were into Tolkien because they were stoner hippies, and, you know. Fucking smoked a lot of pot and wanted to read things that they thought were had weird <laughs> words in it. Heady man. <laughs> the the other thing of note for heavy metal magazine in america which is published longer than metal herlant which uh as i said went out of business after like a decade or less and then had a brief resurgence uh and i think i think heavy metal is punished is published more or less continuously since the late the mid to late 70s Yep, they are on issue three hundred of what I believe is a quarterly magazine. So anybody yeah. who's good at math in our audience could figure out what that takes. Not me, though. I'm sure they've changed how frequently they've published as the popularity that- waxed and waned as well. But I'm I'm pretty sure last time I checked it, and they were continuous. Uh, but they also at one point had a film that was made of it, which is what most people are familiar with, either through having watched the film Heavy Metal, or through the South Park episode uh, where Kyle's dad is getting high off of cat piss and hallucinating a bizarre when, other world, which is I, I tell you, modeled on heavy. I don't, I don't watch South Park much anymore. Like I, I don't have cable. I haven't had it in like a decade. Um, but every time somebody describes a South Park episode, I'm just like, oh, they got away with that, huh? <laughs> good for them <laughs> the, the, the hits of south park are some of like the craziest behind the scenes story too like the whole all the world of warcraft stuff is like <laughs> so ahead of its time and like all of those blizzard people gave them like rights and access to all of the assets for the game to basically like kind of mock their players and and still Nobody, yeah. Yep. <laughs> we're not talking about South Park on the podcast, and uh, we're also not talking about the heavy metal movies uh, because there was a sequel as well, Heavy Metal Fact. Two thousand. Fact. Yeah, two thousand. Fact. <laughs> um, or was that the game? I can't remember. It might have been the game that was called F A K K. Yeah, because I think the I think the other movie is just called it's like Fantasia. It's just called Heavy Metal Two Thousand. It's just like Fantasia. 
<laughs> Very similar. Uh, show, show it to your kids back to back with Fantasia. Um, and Death Race 2000. Other movies that have 2000 in the title. <laughs> also, just like, just like Fantasia. <laughs> uh, uh, but anyway, we're not, we're not doing those things which people would know because uh, I don't know if you guys know, but in my contributions, like I was the one who plotted out this month, more or less. Uh, and I don't like making it easy. Uh, <laughs> uh, just because I feel like a lot of other places cover stuff like that. And so maybe, you know, let's do something that people aren't talking about. Let's instead talk about the 2012 Metal Herlong series, which was a, uh, a French-Belgian uh, <laughs> American co-production. <laughs> So, Cody, he says other places are covering what's going on with the heavy metal movie. And it occurs to me, who are those other places? What does he mean? Sure ah, never mind. Podcast. Moving on. Go, uh, no, I was, I, it was rhetorical. Okay. <laughs> uh, just, yeah. We, we, um, podcast talk about it, I'm sure. We'll, I'm sure we'll get into it, into the review part. But uh, one of my favorite things that Haley said about it is like within the first episode, I think she remarked, uh, why does all British TV look so bad? <laughs> she has, has she even watched old Doctor Who? No, no, no we, we were literally talking about exactly that right before we started recording. That was what I thought was funny when people were suddenly into that show in this country. Because when I was a kid, I watched Doctor Who from time to time. And it was mostly dudes in scarves running through rock quarries. <laughs> with, with styrofoam, thi- like styrofoam you know, yeah. implements. Like, uh, yeah, then punching a dude wearing a, or getting into a some sort of conflict with a dude wearing a costume <laughs> that looked like my, I, I made it. Yeah, like, boxes. I, I 100% understand Star Trek fans and, like, that era that it is, like, gone through and into, like, current and yeah. modern CGI. But there is something specifically about just, like, all British shows as well. Like, IT Crowd looks like it was filmed in the 80s by American standards. Like, it looks like it was shot on a home improvement camera. I don't know what camera they used for that show, but it was the wrong camera. (laughs) That came out in 2003. Well, is it the camera or is it the transfer? Because they use a different Mm. uh, video format over there, and when they transfer it over to American... It's the camera, trust me. Uh, and I'm okay with that. I just wanted to, to be fair. To be fair. Yeah. I think for that show, the problem is that they used early HD stuff. Like, or, or, uh, early, uh, what do you call it? H- HD video. Yeah, like, that's, like, that's uh, the thing with like this one, is it has that like unnecessary crispness. It It does. It has... It just highlights the flaws. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it's the worst in the world, but it's definitely, it's sort of a sky captain-y. Yeah. <laughs> like, for a show that's as effects-heavy as it is, it can get on, on some of those episodes a bit. Well, well actually, I want to I wanna go on record just for one second and say I was uh, 100% surprised this was live action. Like I, the way the the way the cover looks and the way everything looks on the cover, I I anticipated to be watching a cartoon, like a twelve episode cartoon thing, and then all of a sudden, like that first episode with the like, 
uh, Roman warrior, the futuristic Roman warriors. I'm like, so is this the frame story before we get into the cartoon? Like, <laughs> sort of kept going, <laughs> you know? Like, I was like, oh, okay, I guess uh, maybe the next episode, and then it turns out to be, you know, and I'm just, oh, all right, well, uh, we're we're in for live action. All right. <laughs> I'm picturing Aura starting up the twelfth episode, being like, now they're going to get to the cartoon, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I, you know. I didn't make it that far, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but but we'll talk about that in a bit. Wow. I, I, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it was a co-production from a bunch of different countries. Uh, it aired in America on the Sci-Fi Channel. Uh, that makes a whole hell of a lot of sense. It, it does look like Sci-Fi Channel. Yeah. <laughs> the There's, there is a charm to it as well. It's... This this movie is the perfect like MST3K with your friends type fodder. <laughs> if we could hang out with our friends, which we can't. Correct. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's a 12 episode series uh, with uh, half hour episodes, most of which are adaptations. Um I think all, all of them are adaptations. Yeah, they all they all have a thing. So and you can look up the comparisons online and like some articles. Uh, yeah. A couple of them were in the the book that we read, the Metal Hurlings. Yeah, um, yeah I was just about to say that. Kind of disappointingly, <laughs> when, I, when I got the comic, I found that out. Uh, a good a good deal of them are from the later relaunch of Metal Hurlings, which featured a lot of American uh, writers and and artists and. Uh, which is, I mean, fine, but like, it's, I'm buying the French one. I was looking for like Mobius and some shit, you know. <laughs> yeah, Aura talked about expecting cartoons when we did the book, and I was looking up stuff about the book. Uh, ironically, the related pages were all about this TV series. So even before I found out that that was going to be like the follow up thing and not one of the movies, I had actually seen stills of the like super crisp shirtless warriors with like a blurry green yeah. screen background yep <laughs> mm, so, crisp shirtless warriors mm. okay oh theoretically the show revolves around the metal hurlant which is the Haley's comet dead, thing like an asteroid dead evil planet is condemned to wander the cosmos bringing misfortune or some bullshit uh i don't know i don't think i said it metal herlant translates to screaming metal to what metal herlant the phrase the phrase metal herlant translates, translates to, to screaming metal oh screaming metal French. so it is so that's where they get the idea that there's a screaming head flying through space made of metal i guess Although I don't think that was a feature of the original French anthology. It's fucking French people, so literal. Mm. <laughs> metal herlant means screaming metal. It's like they got a word for everything. Oh, bastards. <laughs> I, I prefer German where they just compound the words. So uh, something else, we're that. talking about like all of the you know, Metal Hurlant is French, but this is like a couple of different regions like working together on this co-production. The 
yeah. name of the main character of the first one whose name I already forget, but it's like Clamille or Chenille or Emeril or something like that is absolutely like the first producer's name every single time on like the title cards. <laughs> I noticed it very distinctly. It, it should be noted that although it was being made by Belgian Frank, it is a Belgian, a, a Franco-Belgian uh, production. It was produced in English. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why. I guess to make it more saleable internationally, like a lot of people in France and Belgium speak English. The, uh, I mean, like other than the the obvious like himbo bimbo casting, there is like a lot of diversity throughout the cast. But everybody's just like a, like a stupid hot looking character, or they're like an engineer. Uh, TV actor looking person. There's, cause I, cause I didn't rewatch it for this. I'll have to admit. Um, <laughs> but looking at the Wikipedia, apparently Dominic Pignon was in one of them. Who's a, or I might recognize from Delicatessen. Yeah. Well, I didn't. Which one? He's the weird looking French guy. No. <laughs> I'll narrow it down. Right, look up Dominic Pignon. <laughs> Is you'll recognize his face probably. <laughs> he's uh he's got a mug on him. I only know that like Leon the professional guy. That's the only French person in my head. Jean Renault's not really French. <laughs> See which one was Dominique Pignon in? Oh, he was on three on a match. Which is one of my one of the ones that I enjoyed more, and I also talked about enjoying when we were talking about the comic book, where it's about the spaceship where they have limited oxygen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the very very Twilight Zoney. It was one that I didn't realize is like the direction that it was going because that start that one in the show started off very differently. Yeah, yeah, With just the fucking, yeah, just the fucking. <laughs> It was during that part where we were questioning what this aired on. So sci-fi makes like a lot of sense. <laughs> and uh, it, France it has, originally, apparently. It has such a soft core production vibe. It, it does. <laughs> you can get some, <laughs> you can get somebody, some like small uh, cameo names. Uh, you get Michael Z- Jai White. You get Rucker Hauer. Yeah, I remember seeing him. You get uh, James Marsters. Or the other one that I really liked, the the, the Fallout Shelter one. Uh, I did not like that one. Yeah, me neither. I liked that one a lot. Uh, yeah, that was very Twilight Zoney. Well, okay, I like I guess I like the twist of that one, but I hated the build for it. I I knew it was either going to go one way or the other way, and I was like, "Oh, it went it went the cool way." I think it would necessarily have to go one way or the other. Yeah. <laughs> and is is again it was, it was a very Twilight Zone construction in that it because of that like it's it's just a build to one question and you spend 
a lot of an episode just kind of dicking around until you get to that. <laughs> like uh, the Twilight Zone episode, uh, Time Enough at Last, which is one of the more famous ones. With uh, Burgess Meredith as a bank clerk who's always reading. And then uh, he ends up in a bank vault during the, the nuclear apocalypse on his break. And then he wanders out and he's like, oh God, everything's destroyed. And he's like, but I can read. <laughs> and then there's no. a twist ending. No. Oh, it's not it's not fair. It's not fair. It's time enough at last. <laughs> God, I love Burgess Meredith so fucking much. <laughs> as I as I try to build back in the episode to figure out how Josh was able to build his or profess his love for Burgess Meredith into this episode. <laughs> it's Twilight Zoning. <laughs> yeah, well, so gonna be my end. Can we talk about anthologies in general? Because I think that's that's what I had on my note, uh, sure. which I may have left in the DVD with Cody. Yeah, uh, you did. I think we talked a little yeah. bit about anthologies on the the comics episode as well. Oh well, I meant anthology TV shows, shows specifically yeah. though. Um, yes, that's what I was saying. Is we should focus on that. Sure. Anthology TV and film to avoid overlap. Uh, okay, so, uh, you know, uh, like, you have great ones like Twilight Zone, right? Yeah. Then you have, like, sort of lesser, you know, like, Outer Limits, right? And then I would put, you know, like, in a tier below that, things like the Friday the 13th TV series. <laughs> um, yeah. And I'm trying to think, like, you mentioned Black Mirror, Cody. Uh... There's some other ones though, and I'm blanking on them. Oh, I, I guess, guess. Oh, let me see. Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. Uh, Creeps. What's the, one, what's the one with Boris Karloff hosting? Oh yeah, but I I don't remember the Boris Karloff one. But now that you mention that, Alfred Hitchcock presents. Yeah. Uh. Bug me if I don't look it up. Um, but the uh, this is a this anthology TV series is something that they like, I don't know, they seem to dust off every few years and then like run a, run a couple of seasons of it and then like let it, let it fucking die silently again, I guess. Um, One step beyond. Yeah. Thriller. Gallery. Thriller. What I was thinking of. What's, what's the one where it's, uh, it's the guy Are who's like. Are you talking about Night Gallery, Cody? <laughs> I, yeah, I said that. <laughs> Night Gallery. Do you guys remember Night Gallery for real? I remember that it was a show. Yeah. Uh, it was from the dark side. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Night Gallery. This was a, a, host a, the, a color anthology hosted by, um, uh, oh, God, uh, Rod Sterling. But <laughs> every, the answer to every riddle in, in the Night Gallery one. Okay, well, the, the contrivance is that there's a painting for every story that they so like yeah. he's walking through this gallery and then it zooms in on this painting and then this painting will like somehow feature prominently into the story mm. but but the thing is it was like 1974 and the answer to every riddle was esp like there was no <laughs> other like there was no other sort of whatever it, esp right and so it's interesting that netflix has like dusted off um for instance uh 
uh, you know, t uh, um, uh, Twilight Zone, you know, and... I thought that was like CBS. Oh, maybe it was CBS. Oh, on uh, Netflix, that's off Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah. <clears throat> which isn't an anthology series in the traditional sense as... Theoretically, it's a true crime show, but it's effectively an anthology series. Well, I was I was just thinking of that too because if you include stuff like that, my generation is basically raised on shit like that. Uh, a thousand ways to die, which sure. isn't really an anthology series, but it kind of is. And I mean, if you kind of extend that out, all the TLC type shows uh, that are like hoarders or stuff like that, where it's like it follows people kind of hits that same sort of thing you like a concept and you're like i don't want to see this super fleshed out like a story i just want to see a lot of it what you you froze you froze up in a funny face again it was funny <laughs> but then but then the computer caught you up in like two seconds so oh whatever. did you not did you not hear any of that no we did hear it but we heard it in like a Nah. <laughs> yeah, I think once you start bringing reality shows into it, it's a bit, it's a bit different. Yeah, you might be yeah. right. I it, the the reason I mentioned specifically unsolved mysteries though is because um, it's a reality show in the loosest sense of the word. <laughs> like, uh, unsolved mysteries made me fucking terrified of aliens as a kid, though. <laughs> Like my dad loved X Files, and I could barely watch it with him some weeks because I'm like, mm, I don't know if there's gonna be aliens on this one. I might have to, I might have to go ride my bike or something. <laughs> Why were you scared of aliens? Because of damn unsolved mysteries. Mm -hmm. Robert Stack was gonna put one in my pooper. <laughs> I was just about to say you weren't worried about the needles. It was it was the probing. No, uh, Robert Stack is a national treasure. He wouldn't have done that. I I don't think. But who knows in our current uh, you know era? Um, <laughs> I I didn't know that that show had crazy alien shit in it because I thought it was just like I, I, I've known prior to this recording, but. Uh, until a, a few years ago, I had just thought I'd, I'd just see the first segments when it's like, you know, here's this person that's uh, that's at large, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah. it's just a crime show. I might have watched it if I knew that it was, from what I understand, like a, a, a bit about a true crime and then some alien shit. It, I think each episode, and I could be wrong, it was either half and half or thirds because it was an hour long and either they cut it into thirds or they cut it into halves. I don't remember, but like, one half would be some true crime crap. One half would be like some ancient mystery. And then the third thing would be aliens. So like it, it was weird because it would be like, you know, uh, things like, well, we have no idea how the Greeks got math. You know, let's talk about that for 20 minutes. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. Um, what a weird fucking show. Oh yeah, no, it it really was bizarre. Um, oh, Ripley's Believe It or Not. Um, Believe It or Not, Amazing Stories. I think had a TV yeah, show. Yeah, Amazing Stories. Yeah. It's, but the, but the thing about these anthology series that we're all naming, and the reason why I kind of wanted to have this discussion for a second, uh, the quality is uh, you know up and down with them. You know, um, <laughs> and in general, like like 
you know, a something like, you know, a night uh a nineteen sixties era Twilight Zone. Ultra Q like, had a pretty what's that? Ultra Q. Ultra Q yes. It, oh man, I forgot about those. Uh but the uh <clears throat> uh you know with a with a 1960s era twilight zone like they had consistent quality in and of themselves uh or you know like um you know uh outer limits had consistent quality in and of itself but was different than that of the twilight zone and you know a friday the 13th the series like you know it yeah. had a consistent quality of itself uh but was different quality and I and I find the your your metal hurlant show landed somewhere above Friday the thirteenth, but kind of below uh below um uh outer limits. That's sort of where I placed it. Uh it's not it wasn't as bad. Like Friday the thirteenth the series was pretty bad, um, even in its day. Like I I have no idea if it holds up at all. I would doubt it. Um <laughs> you, you know about the Friday the thirteenth series, Cody? I did not. I assume an oh, anthology. This is be hilarious. It is. It is an anthology series about a antiquity store where they find oh things and then have to track them down. Oh, okay. So this is oh. where you get the whole like curio shop and each of the like the cursed items type thing. It was. It was a Canadian television series that had the same name <laughs> as the American uh, horror movie series. Uh-huh. And there was some sort of legal going back and forth over that at some point. Sure. And if you ever find it on DVD, you will notice that the fucking title font for it looks an awful lot like the one for the horror movies. Yeah, they always do, don't they? <laughs> yeah, no, uh, they they made it less accidental. Those, yeah, what it, you can you can work at asylum and make a living off of that. <laughs> the Almighty Thor. Asylum. God. These things always skew so male horny, too. Speaking of asylum. (laughs) And and sci fi. The the phenomenon that you're talking about is called the the male gaze, which was uh, (laughs) theorized by Lacan like decades (laughs) Yeah, these are definitely uh, gazy. But it's like I said, it's funny because all of the all of the men are definitely like gorgeous himbo looking type men too, for the most part. Well, it's isn't sort of an interesting question because when that like when people talk about comic books and uh, the scantily clad women in them and how sexist that is, uh, and it is, uh, people trying to to make a defense of it will often say, "Well, what about all of the dudes?" Uh, to which the the rational response is the dudes are also a male power fantasy because yeah. they don't really look like what most s- surveys show are the type of dude that a lady is super into. <laughs> they're, well, they are, they're always getting killed too. None of these like hot people live. Like yeah. it's almost one of those. Yeah. yeah. It's almost one of those, like their, their confidence and their masculinity and all this stuff is one of those like isn't this so funny like they they ultimately had no power whatsoever yep i i did think the first bit was kind of funny the uh, coronation ceremony yeah that one is actually because that was also in the uh the printed the printed anthology that we had mm-hmm. uh, although that the printed version has an actual an, another twist at the end which is yeah 
So that was a pleasant surprise. <laughs> As we were reading it, like, yeah, I know this story. And then it's at the end, there's the little bit that I won't ruin. And I was like, oh, well, I guess it was sort of worth it to read it. Yeah, right. <laughs> there's also weird bits. One thing that I think is interesting about this as an anthology is there are weird bits of continuity. Like on the first episode, they have the the planet where there's a gladiator fight to be the new king. Uh, and the robots from that show up in another episode later on. Isn't the heavy metal movie kind of like that too? Uh, the heavy metal movie, uh, the, the, uh, the plot device is this weird glowing green ball that's trying to... Oh, that's right. To this little girl who's going to grow up to be a super Amazon. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, I know that, I know what that sounds like. Uh I didn't write it. <laughs> See, now <laughs> they call that who aren't me. Now they call it uh, interdimensional cable. That's what it's called. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> nah. There was uh like for the most part they were good, but uh we read the books, so which covered a lot, like I said, of them. Yeah. I hadn't realized how much there was going to be overlap with it. There's a lot of, like I said, I didn't realize that they were all half-hour episodes because I saw on the back that like the full runtime, I think, says four and a half hours. Something like that. Which I got to say uh, is a plus for me. Uh, it's a real breezy watch. Compared to other television shows. Was it four and a half hours? It was uh, 12 episodes at half an hour, which is actually 25 minutes-ish. Yeah, maybe that is. Yeah, all right. It said it said something like that. Uh, like I said, I, I didn't know how many were on each disc as well. But... Uh, Six on each. Yeah, because of time restraints, I had a bunch of other stuff going on, including car troubles this week, so I was only able to consume one disc of the of the Metal Herlant series. But I mean like it was it was fun enough that like more so than maybe some of the really bad up all night movies that I just like would yeah. I never wish people would ever like spend any money on or do even like the minimal amount of like Google searching images for these movies. Like uh, this one was definitely more fun. Yeah. I mean, that's sort of what I thought of it was that it was fun. If a little light. Yeah. It's one of those things that definitely makes you, um, it's low quality to a degree that still seems slightly impressive, but you're like, I could someday do something like this. Like these guys are working on this and made this official adaptation. Like I could do something like that too. I kind of like stuff with goofy effects sometimes. Yeah. To be honest. Well, going back to the anthology series, I think that's what the anthology series was, was a lot of times a tryout or a, you know, an experimental place for, you know, for people because like if you follow the like if you follow actor trajectories of people who um particularly in the 60s and 70s like if you look at their imdb pages almost all of them started out in some anthology series you know uh, yeah. uh shatner i mean his, one of his first appearances was on uh an episode of twilight zone 
Was Death Valley Days an anthology? I don't know. It's definitely hosted. That was the one Reagan hosted. But I mean, yeah, all you know, if you look, yeah, and if you look back at these, and I'm sure you know, it was it was the same, and like talent followed these things around too. So, oh, look at you guys nope. both thinking. <laughs> Death Valley Days was indeed an anthology series. Yeah, I don't remember that one. Never watched it. Uh, it was, I think, a sort of cowboy thing hosted by Ronald Reagan. Holy shit. Uh, just makes me think of Back to the Future. It's like, Ronald Reagan, the actor. Yeah, well, we'll get to, we'll get to make that same joke about Donald Trump. Donald, <laughs> Donald Trump, the, the, the reality host guy? I, I'm not going to call what he does in Ghost Can't Do It acting. <laughs> Home Alone 2, Donald Trump? famous actor from home alone too uh it's in a way it's what it must have felt like to to be hippies in the the 80s yeah Jeez, yeah holy shit like him <laughs> that guy only more so because reagan was at least not quite as much of a punching bag well he also had been involved in politics prior so yeah. like and was the head of SAG for a long time. So although he wasn't actually in a lot of movies, he was uh, very, very powerful in the film industry. He encouraged people to name names. That's right, he did. <laughs> and Trump's about to be named. There's another comparison. Yeah. God. Yeah, by the time... Uh... By the time this episode airs, is is that lady going to be uh, suicided? <laughs> oh, I don't buy into conspiracy theory shit. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't even I don't even as much ingest anymore, just because the world has become so many people actually believing like Q shit and stuff like that. And I'm like, no, it's we we can't be trusted with those jokes. It isn't funny anymore. Gosh. Yeah, all right. Look at you both thinking again. Great. <laughs> uh, let me just say, uh, as television shows go, this is probably something I would, I didn't hate. I'm not sure I'd choose to watch it, but if it was on, I wouldn't shut it off either. That's that's sort of where I landed with it. And and. It's not, again, uh, you know, like Cody, I only made it through the first disc. Uh, the reason why I only made it through the first disc was because uh, I was I was sort of, I was watching it in a, a couple episode bursts, which is why when you said it was only 400 minutes, I was like, are you sure? I feel like I watched this thing over like five days and I still only made it through the first disc. Uh, but I guess that's entirely possible if it's, if it was half an hour bursts and I watched two episodes and anyway, but. And a few of them are double, like they're two 15 minute subjects. Oh, maybe that's what messed me up then too. Like, uh, like red light is paired with uh, the Disney one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck. That was so fucking stupid. 
Disney one is fucking idiotic. That one, that one immediately like flared up the. Sorry, now now I have stuff to talk about again. <laughs> Forgot about that one because immediately I was just like, God damn it! Disney didn't even design that like first Mickey Mouse. That's like a Fleischer thing, and then the oh. Mickey Mouse that's like on the table is like the the nineties two thousands design of Mickey Mouse. So like. So who is this person? This is just some random animator from nineteen ninety like seven. I assumed it was Ibu Works, the guy who actually did all the early yeah. Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Oh my god. Nah, it was obviously supposed to be Disney, but you know. But yeah, I thought it was so funny. I was like, was, oh my god, the idiotic sentimentality <laughs> of that bit so hard. Yeah. Here, I'll, I'll just describe it because I don't even mind ruining that one. Like some of them, I don't <laughs> want to ruin the twist necessarily. Uh huh. Spoilers, but it seems mean to spoil some things. Um, That's like what the majority of this has going for it is like that monkey's paw twist ending every single time. Yeah, let me let me look up the. I mean, again, if you've seen any episode of Twilight Zone, uh, (laughs) Outer Limits, uh, you know, uh, (laughs) it's not fair. Alfred Hitchcock presents. I mean, all of these. It's like, okay, well, they're gonna get theirs at the end. Go ahead, Josh. Sorry. Uh, it's called Cold Hard Facts. Is the segment? Uh, I guess it's the only one where there's a where it's a split episode. Uh, because I guess Red Light. I mean, honestly, Red Light didn't need to be longer than several of these could have been. Like the shelter could have been a fifteen. Is, although I did enjoy it. Is mm-hmm. Cody playing a tiny piano mm-hmm. while you're doing this? Possibly. <laughs> um. Oh. <laughs> it's a, it's just a. He's just playing a lawn chair, not a tiny piano. It's a bench. Bench, park bench. The cold hard facts, and it was also one of the comics in the anthology we read. Uh, is set in a in a future, and there's these big uh, official government, corporate, whatever the fuck types talking about how important it is that everything works. And then, oh, they defrosted <laughs> this person, but all he does is is sit in a chair and make these drawings. And they're like, oh, we should we should recycle him for parts. <laughs> and they haul him off, and you see. Mickey Mouse's head there, and you hear me, you hear my eyes rolling. Like wherever you are on the planet, because I'm rolling them so fucking hard. What was that noise? <laughs> it's all like, uh, like there's a vocal overlay as like the bad guy drinks alcohol, and it's like, who would want this? Like, blah, blah, blah. It's like, he has nothing to contribute to society. <laughs> and so we, Haley was like, it's going to be Van Gogh. And I was like, oh, I bet it's like Da Vinci drawings or something like that. Like it's it's madman scribblings. And so when that reveal happened, we were both like cackling. It's just it's it's this I didn't expect it in this because mostly it's, it's not it's fucking Banksy man. sentimental horseshit. And most of, the, <laughs> most of the series, whatever you can think of it, isn't. Yeah. <laughs> mostly it's a bit harder edged and cynical and this bit is just like isn't it sad that we've lost this sense of wonder and i'm like isn't it sad that that people die all the time and you're (laughs) wasting money and time telling me this it's like it's like a longing for a michael eisner disney (laughs) (laughs) oh it's so funny yeah. That one was the worst. <laughs> See, I might argue objectively, though, that like that was the funniest thing. <laughs> Just... it was, 
<laughs> I do I do guess I have to agree that the punchline of it is just a bit of a like, oh fuck, really? Ah <laughs> 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 oh, god, it's so <laughs> it's like <laughs> it reminds me of like the uh the level of memes now where it's uh it's a person taking a selfie and they're dressed up in the uh the Chuck E. Cheese outfit and it says, damn, how am I an essential worker? And then it's paired next to a, a picture of the news article of like Chuck E. Cheese goes bankrupt. See, <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> so, yeah, I think we all agree it was an okay series. Yeah, no, this, uh, it wasn't bad. It was, uh, we got way more laughs out of this than some of the like hour and a half long movies. We have way yeah. more laughs out of several comedies that we've done <laughs> all night, like Bikini Beach Race. Yeah, there <laughs> were no laughs in that movie. <laughs> this was way funnier than that. Yeah, absolutely. See, if uh, if we're rating this as a sci-fi. It's probably, you know, like a 2.5 out of 5. But if I'm rating this at a, like a comedy level, this is solid 3. <laughs> the like, the so bored one was pretty funny too. What was like the two, one? The last two humans in this alien race that's like, cosmically bringing together the last two humans and their true love and romance and the big thing is it's like they know exactly when you're gonna die and they're like oh there's all these police officers that are coming they only have like 30 minutes left to live like we've been waiting 10,000 years for this and uh they're like humans have such short lives we want to make sure it's like it's happy for them and so and, and then they like again they just exposit their whole plan while you watch it unfold and it's uh they brought this like bandit guy and this rogue assassin lady together and basically just told them they're they're gonna die for sure in six years but they won't die at all until that point and it'll be like instant hits so it gives them the confidence to be these like brazen thieves for six years and then they set up like where they're gonna die and then they just go later and, and collect it yeah yeah, that one was kind of fun. <laughs> it was it was again a bit monologue-y. It was, but it also had the perfect like the the guy is like a, a handsome, dumb looking guy at a bar, a very like Star Lord type, and he enters this like Coliseum and they're explaining all this stuff and then the the rocket lands that's got the girl and the the door opens and immediately she's all in just like black latex leather with a boob window in her outfit which again like brought immediate laughter she had so many hilarious uh hair like poses the (laughs) the comparison i have is the kanye west bound Two music video where it's just like kim kardashian like slowly turning her head and it's just like the green screen back screen that seth rogan and james franco did the reshoot of (laughs) <laughs> that's that's what this whole like bit of her and him exchanging eyes while they like shoot space cops and fall in love. <laughs> and then the cynical uh turtle looking uh <laughs> Jim Henson puppets are like, Oh, they think they're in love, but we did all this and we're gonna kill them in six years. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. They, they set them up to kill each other, don't they? I can't remember. I think they get killed by other people that they are also like telling, oh, you're the last humans. Yeah, no, I thought they, I thought, it's been, like I said, it's been a while since I watched it. <laughs> I thought the twist was that they ended up killing each other over jealousy. Yeah, but they, well, they thought but they were the aliens knew that, that was what was going to happen. Hmm. Yeah, all, all I know is it's like, it's a cycle that they do all the time and they lie to them and say that they are like the last of their kind. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I was an alien, I'd probably be one of those dickhead aliens. <laughs> sound of my own voice. I would rather be a weird puppet uh, like alien or a, uh, you know, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy type alien than one of the, the aliens that's just like a human painted red. Yep. Or Worf. I don't want to be fucking Worf. Of Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you fucked Worf. That's all I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> I think we probably discussed it as much as it warrants. Which, oh, so what type of prosthetic, generic human alien type people should do you want to be? Hmm. You know what I mean? Like minimal sci-fi channel. You're an extra. I feel like just one of the sort of wrinkly, like, I think the turtle aliens were a good example, or like E.T., just sort of wrinkly, weird-looking ones that people are just kind of like, I'm going to stay away. I'd be like, I, yeah, stay away. I want to be like the, want the, you. the prequel slash Disney trilogy, um, really big, big, greasy shirt alien type characters, like the, the diner guy in the uh, Revenge of the Clothes or whatever. About to say that, like the fucking <laughs> the diner asshole who's just like a, a horrible stereotype. <laughs> I don't even know who he's offensive to. He's offensive to someone. There's there was so much like hilarious these fully 3D CG aliens, but they all have very very specific facial hair. I think was the other thing for it too. Yeah, you're talking about Wada. <laughs> well they gave Watto facial hair I think particularly in the second one like they made his his, uh, his five o'clock shadow more pronounced because they wanted to to get away from the anti-Semitic thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I always like heard that there was racial stuff about it when I was younger but it was one of those like I didn't fully perceive and I just thought people yeah. were being weird about Jar Jar Binks and then I didn't realize that that was like an African-American male who was receiving like death threats because people hated his character so much. And then yeah. it wasn't until like, you know, when you're like 13 or 14 or something like that, and you rewatch it and then you're like, Oh, I missed that whole thing of like why that might be a very blatant stereotype. Wow. To me, the most blatant were the trade Federation alien guys. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Fu Manchu. The, like act, the voices and, and like little fucking antani fucking mustaches like oh this is not it's so funny because it's so specific in my mind and i immediately want to do it it's just that like accent thing but it, it all it is is it, it sounds like that offensive chinese stereotype it is it's, it's just that, somebody doing charlie chan yeah it's that like stilted broken english because we're aliens <laughs> we're the trade federation aliens they might as well start every line with ah so 
Ah, uh, so. I mean, I can okay. do the voice, but people, it will be. No, awesome. yeah, I, no. I really want to do it too. No. We'll just wait until we're we're done recording and we know that we're doing the what? Federation guys and not something else. We'll do our little <laughs> Federation bits. Oh, oh I want to do one of the lines so bad. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> I have Stop all of, all of the specific ones. It cracks me up because. There's so many video games that were made around the prequel era that have those guys in it too. And then you just have somebody at like another generation removed of some voice actor for a video game who was like, all right, now I have to imitate the Trade Federation guys from oh, this what prequel a terrible movie. assignment. <laughs> <laughs> some of those are like huge speedrunner games. Fucking world. Yeah, we're already <laughs> three or four rungs out from Metal Herlant. <laughs> yeah, we should probably just wrap this. <laughs> what? That's it? Well, it's been an hour. What more do we want? Is there more to talk about with it? How about one more thing? And there's one where Hitler's in it. <laughs> I don't know what to fucking make of that. Oh my gosh. I don't know if that was on the first or second disc, so you guys... I don't I don't remember that. Yeah, that must be a disc, too. I would have remembered a Hitler thing. It's like this guy is sent back to, like, kill this evil child. <laughs> it's something with an evil child, and it's fucking Hitler, and he fails. But Hitler lives. I think that's called Looper. The close-up on, like, child Hitler while ominous music plays. And I'm just like, okay, I don't... I don't Look, I, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, guys. <laughs> Kid Hitler. Good job. That's a, It's I, like... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, so many of these things, like, it, there's, there's this charm to the fact that none of them are super original concepts, but it, every single one of them is that, like, stoner slash shower thought of, like, what if? Like, what if you did this and then, like, oh, wouldn't that be fucked up? Like every single one of them kind of has like that to it. And in that way, it kind of captures the spirit of heavy metal. <laughs> yeah. <'Cause> like <laughs> that could hypothetically become like the omen or, you know, you could be James Gunn and make whatever bright burn. You could turn it out of that. Like bright burn dude, like evil kids stuff is really, really fun. And there's a billion things that you could do. And that's why anthology stuff like this is cool to highlight where, Obvi- the, the the memorable ones will be memorable and will eventually get adapted into you know something else. Child's play. It's, it's uh <laughs> it's off subject, but have you guys seen Brightburn? Because if you haven't, you should see Brightburn. It's real it's good. It's on my list. I really, really want to. Oh, I loved Brightburn. Oh, Josh, this is semi unrelated, but sort of related. Uh, had a customer in the other day that was asking about a movie. And I can't remember exactly what the movie was, but uh, he he was like, he was looking for this movie. And I was like, uh, no, we don't have that one. But if you're uh, looking for Jim Jarmusch, I got that uh, The Dead Don't Die movie. And he was like, wow, plus one. I was like, oh, yeah, I, uh, I do a podcast with, a, with an esoteric nerd. I, I know things like this now. Oh, the Dead Don't Die, such a good fucking movie. I wish I could think of what the other, what the movie that he was looking for, because I was going to ask you, because you, you love those movies, don't you? That oh, guy. yeah, I love Jim Jarmusch. He's one of my favorite filmmakers. 
oh, I can't I can't remember what the one he was looking for. We didn't have it, of course. Ghost dog, uh, dead man. Dead man, that was it. Yeah, yeah. Dead man was probably his most popular film. This is Johnny Depp before everyone hated Johnny Depp. You know, it's a good movie. <laughs> it's Iggy Pop too. Hell yeah. yeah. If you wanted to go on and on with me about Iggy Pop. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. I was just like, well, he was in an episode of Star Trek Voyager. <laughs> <laughs> He's I in saw, Adventure Brothers. I saw Iggy Pop at a, uh, I, don't, I don't know if Aura was there for it, but in Omaha at one of the Edge shows. Oh, I, I mean, I, I did go to those, but I don't remember Iggy Pop being there. It was it was the one off because they'd usually do the end of summer ones, and then one year they did a beginning one. Oh, know. I I think I did miss that one. I think, and I, I got into that because I had free tickets uh, through a friend, uh, and Iggy Pop played. And even though he was old and even then and riddled with heroin, uh, he was <laughs> fucking crazy on stage, like climbing on fucking speaker stacks and throwing shit. <laughs> No, that all that all like, What's the shit, old man? Was he wearing a shirt, or were you able to recognize <laughs> him immediately? No. What are you talking about? <laughs> you think Iggy Pop owns shirts? It was like an episode of Cops in there. <laughs> That's how he saves his money. He never buys any shirts. <laughs> oh man! Train spotting. Train spotting. I still have to watch the sequel to that. I got both the first one and the second one, so I could do a double watch. And I, haven't got I, haven't, I haven't seen the second one. They talk about train spotting in Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. In the books, not the movie, which is funny because that's kind of a big deal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. What's that? Before we start talking about RoboCop, let's do a trash or treasure and, and wrap her up. Is it trash? Is it treasure? So trash or treasure is a is a is a um a bit that we do on further ado, uh that is uh what I do or what one of us will do is we'll track down something some sort of uh artif- artificia related to uh related to what we were talking about uh on this particular day. Uh, I'm going to make it easy on you guys, uh, which is uh, trash and which is treasure as far as the first episode of heavy or the first rather the first magazine of heavy metal or the first magazine of metal hurlant. One of them is worth some money and one of them is not. Hmm. Metal hurlant. Metal hurlant would be my guess. That is what? Worth it. Worth it ironically the other way around yeah whoa really yeah metal hurlant's first issue uh, appears to be going for about 28 dollars on on the old ebay whereas the first issue of heavy metal uh is hovering around 200 wow damn is mobius not in the first metal hurlant now i was trying to look up if i was looking at something weird that's what i was that's what i was distracted during uh because <laughs> i was like is there something weird about this but it doesn't appear to be uh, it doesn't appear anybody we've ever heard of has been involved in this, to be hmm. honest. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, the first one, Mobius wasn't Mobius yet. He was still... Oh, true. Was before. Yeah. Yeah, you uh, you can find 
old uh, European metal hurlants for pretty cheap, it appears. The any any given issue hovers between six and twenty bucks. Uh but yeah, the first heavy metal is about two hundred. That's not too bad, honestly, for a decent bit of collector memorabilia if you're really into that. Yeah. Well, what got me on that, what surprised me, what what sort of sent me down that path was because I was going to do the first six issues of each one and be like, okay, well, the first six issues, you know, like which one's worth more, basically. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh, man, these metal hurlants aren't worth anything. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, stupid European comics. Stupid Europeans. How about one thing this week, fellas? God, I had a thing for this week, and now I forgot. Oh, now I remember it again. I finally finished reading the first uh, omnibus volume of the Mask comics from the 90s. Oh, I fucking love those. They're, they're fun and, and goofy, way more violent than the, uh, <laughs> than the, the Jim Carrey film. Yeah. Um, I might have to order the second omnibus because I, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed the first one thoroughly. They weren't amazing, but they were great 90s indie quote-unquote edgy comics in a way yeah fun and not shitty like you might think hellboy is like one of my big i want to collect all of it eventually but my like more deep cut like you really know me if you know me type thing is getting all of those original run of the uh the mask comics and i actually have a couple of them they're not like crazy expensive to even just buy like the whole first run but the omnibus would be the way to go there's so many yeah there's two volumes of Omnibuy out now currently. They're thick boys, ain't they? Uh, yeah, I think it's about they're about 400 each. Nice. Uh, the second one has the Evan Dorkin mask stuff, so I'm psyched about that. Yeah, uh, it's it's so cool too because like for a while it's just like each new series was just them killing the last character. Speaking of anthology, and just being like, all right, new guy, same mask. Yep. No Cuban Pete. Yeah. <laughs> what was your thing, Cody? Uh, I will. Um, I got my capture card this week finally, which is uh, this nerd stream talk thing, blah blah blah. But it's a a device that will run the uh, video from a game system through a computer. So I've been uh, I'm working on that, and that'll be really cool. I'm kind of excited about that. But I've been playing. In between everything else, I've just been getting pracky in on uh, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. <laughs> spending you're gonna, a, you're gonna be a Twitch streamer. Yeah, I'm spending a sweaty amount of hours on this freaking Mario fighting game. <laughs> it's fun though. I do like playing it. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It is. Uh, it's one of those things that like I like. Uh, I'm more of a single player game guy. I've talked a lot about me playing Dark Souls and I like something like that because I like challenges that have like very discernible obstacles that you like get past and you'll hit roadblocks, but you always like, if you just keep at it, you always get past them. And that's kind of how I feel about uh, fighting video games now is like, there's always that like, it's easy to measure with other human beings. Like there's people in your friend group. That's like, this guy is just like slightly better than me. And then there's this other guy who can just like dog me every single time. And you know, when you pass that like medium guy, 
but you have like this guru on the mountain that's the guy who keeps just like destroying you with doll seam over and over and over again yeah i mean the problem with fighting games is there's so much built up like knowledge that you have to been have been following them for some time i feel they're, they're very tough to sort of drop into sometimes and that's what's so wild about this game is it's technically only been out for like a little over a year like this iteration but the base game alone has like the biggest roster of any competitive fighting game there's 72 people in the base game and now there's like i think seven more dlc fighters and that's not including every single time they update characters and buff and patch and nerf people as well so the meta is like constantly changing for these games too smash has always had a weird meta like it's it's sort of a different category i think because they it's because the people who actually make the games really 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 don't want it to be a competitive game like they hate the fact that there is a competitive scene and they don't like to acknowledge it I feel like they want it to still be accessible to regular players more. Yeah, that's that's why there's buying it. <laughs> yeah, that's why there's always items, which is what the like competitive people complain about. That's why there's always like a world of light mode. Everybody wants like an offline version, yeah. but it's it's still one of the most fun like couch co-op games that you can play like with other people in the room. The Smash series has always been great. When I, when I lived in San Francisco, I used to play the N64 version with. When I went over to some, there were some friends where we'd always get drunk and play video games. And sometimes they wanted to play Goldeneye, and I didn't play because they had all been playing Goldeneye and they didn't have an M64. So somebody would get fucking mines and then run around and turn the level into a thing where, like, you move three feet and you die. And I'm like, well, that's not fun. You just know the level better than me, dickhead. What, what, am I going to somehow learn to be better in that? <laughs> but, uh, they'd also play Smash, and Smash was, even though I was, I'm no good at Smash, I've played the current version too, and I'm no good at that either. But it's fun. <laughs> it does a good job of being fun, even if you're not great at it. Yeah, you can see the appeal. Which I think is something that, it's like Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat have kind of left behind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah being casually good at a thing is yeah those are both one of those things where it's like there there is no novice you're either like a unadept beginner or you've been playing it for a couple of years yeah you either understand how to like counter juggle <laughs> like air air combo throws and uh or you're a fucking noob yeah you're just uh, going you to the buttons wrecked. Me and, me and my brother talk all the time about there is like this path to getting better at any fighting game. And the, the beginning is just like playing it casually, not caring about it. The next step is when you start practicing and you're like, okay, I know what things are. I'm getting better. And then one step above that is like the ultimate frustration because you'll start getting owned by button mashers. And you're like, what am I doing wrong? And you'll regress back down to button mashing. <laughs> I don't usually get very far past button mashing. I do have one fun fighting game story that I have, which is, uh, I think it was at a friend's uh, like bachelor party. He got one of the Darksiders games for, this was some time ago, like late 90s or early 2000s. Uh, and I remember in the game, there was a mummy character and there was this combination of buttons where you could detach the top part of it and the top part would fly around like shooting his legs out as a kick. Well, it said, you will die. And I figured out how to do that. And I just spammed that for like seven or eight fights. And people were so mad at me. 
And then finally somebody beat me and he was like, hi, I beat you. And I was like, I've never played this game before in my life. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. That's my, that was my legacy with soul Calibur two is like, uh, you know, you get a character who's got reach and you just fucking spam that. <laughs> well, I remember, you know, uh, uh, being of a certain age, like playing earlier Mortal Kombat games and like Scorpion and Sub-Zero were the cheap characters because they had the ranged weapons, basically. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you knew if you were playing up against one of those characters, you'd be like, well, fuck. That's why, like, if we're talking Street Fighter 2 Turbo, like, I always pick Dulcine because he's the stretchy guy. And that's yeah. like, that's my key to success. When I was a kid, I was all about Dulcine. Like I like Dulcine, Blanca, and Zongief. Those are those are my was, picks for. I was all about Dulcine when I was playing with uh, in in, a, in com- a competitive setting, and I was all about Chun Li when I was playing by myself because I was like, "There's got to be there's got to be some oh. bit of that kick animation where you can <laughs> see something." <laughs> Chun Li swimsuit edition. Street Fighter 2020 that's coming to a comic book store near you sometime in the next like two months. Did you? Yeah. Did you see that I had to special order one for a customer? Oh, I put I put in for like basically all of them. Swimsuit edition. Did you have to special order it from 1995? No, this is a 2020 2020 swimsuit edition. I just can't believe they would still put out swimsuit editions of comics. That to me is a very 90s thing. Some of them get weirdly banned. DC like canceled one or did no Marvel canceled one this year <laughs> or last year technically. Yeah. But uh yeah, DC did like dog days oh, of summer. Oh, Marvel. Uh did you see that they uncanceled a bunch of stuff? Yeah. Yesterday? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, Aura, when you get back I'm, I I don't want to get into any of it yeah. right now, but like when you yeah. when you get back to work, boy, you'll have a fucking doozy of a time <laughs> dealing with some of these things. Oh, I know. Oh I know. my god. And literally, literally, just think the first three names off the top of your head. They've already asked. I already got it. Uh, no, already... Last last name B. Um, <laughs> last, yeah, last, yeah, yeah. Other last name B. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. Now yep. we're getting into shop talk. So let's, yeah. uh, let's wrap this. This is what they paid for, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or uh, yeah. More info about where we come from. I don't. When a mommy uh, turtle loves a baby or uh, loves a daddy turtle. Wrong. We're Stardust, Cody. Uh, girl talk is uh, is not a not the girl talk band. Our art was by uh, Abby. You can find her on Instagram at Rosari Art. Uh, girl talk is not an affiliate of the Talk Talk Band Syndicate thing. Um, girls Talk we, Comics. Girls fireside. Talk, FM. Yep, Girls Talk yeah. Comics. Fireside. FM. We are uh, that podcast productions. Fireside. FM. Whoa. Uh, Cody remembering chunks of it. There's an email that is that dot productions dot. Nope, I fucked it up. There's an email that, that is podcast. that dot podcast dot productions. Buzzer. <laughs> Back to Aura. <laughs> gmail.com. <laughs> you can find yes. all of the podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, or through the RSS feed. There's a dead Instagram. There's a dead Twitter. <laughs> yep. There's a semi-active yep. Facebook page. That one's called uh, 
that podcast stays up all night slumber party that's pretty fun yeah we, we interact with that yeah we have a slumber party with us we promise we're not creeps i promise i'm not a creep i can't speak for the other one I, I'm not, I don't have I, them tagged or anything. I'm not with them 24-7. I'd plug my Twitter because I talk about the show a fair enough amount, but the Twitter is like literally my last name. So I don't know if we'll, we'll just have to come ah. to that at some point in time. <laughs> All right. So uh, coming up next week, we'll be doing a, that podcast stays up all night where we do the movies of USA up all night. We're giving ourselves a treat and doing the first Friday the 13th movie. Woohoo! Spoiler, Kevin Bacon is killed. What? Hey, come on. <laughs> and then Jason Voorhees is the boy. <laughs> Josh, 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 Josh. Yep. I watched Mitchell on the MST3K Pluto you know, you thing. Texted me about it in the middle <laughs> of the I did it! I texted you and I texted Max actually. Uh and and Max that? decided to watch it with me, so we just kept shooting lines from it back and forth. <laughs> I think I turned it on, but I was like, it's like half an hour till I have to get to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I, was trying to, I was trying to decide if Mitchell, Manos, or one of the Gamma Roll ones is my favorite, and I'm pretty sure it's Mitchell. It's a good one. Yeah. As we know, my favorites are the Fugitive Aliens. That, well, I think, I think that is uh, what Max also said was his favorite. So, oh. So then the week after, uh, we'll also be we'll be doing a uh, that podcast stays up on, and now we're doing a that podcast we'll never do, where we're going to do some superhero comics. Don't remember what they are, Aura. Oh, a Spider Man that I have to pick when I'm not sick, and uh, another Spider Man comic that Cody picked. That, uh, we might have to rain. You know, find somewhere online yeah. if it fell off a truck. Spider-Man rain. rain. Which I think was free on Amazon with Prime. <laughs> oh, is it? I think... We, I we looked know, this dude. up. It is not expensive to get. We you can Okay. Usually, yeah. Individual right. issues or a trade we can find. We're a shit show today. All right, so I hope you enjoyed our... Oh, shit show today. ...talking about Metal Herlong. <laughs> And listener Christina, I hope heavy metal makes more sense now. Oh, we didn't do viewer mail. Uh, well, there was none. Oh, well, there you go. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. It is finished.